When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Brooke Hogan and I am on the Hollywood Raw podcast and we are talking about all kinds of ish, talking about music, dad, wrestling, you name it, and also a job I bet you didn't know that I had and it's not a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) What's up Hollywood Raw family? Welcome to our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, tap the bell, do what you got to do, support us, leave a comment down below. about our guest today oh brooke hogan i mean do i even have to give her an intro there's some people that you almost don't even need to give an intro because they're so famous right is she one of those people she's a singer she's wrestling royalty her dad's hulk hogan she's been in reality tv with hogan knows best and she's been on her at her own show called brooke knows best where they kind of documented her uh, her music career uh ladies and gentlemen and she's even branching out beyond entertainment because I found out she's even got like an Airbnb business beyond this. So, I mean, she's a mogul as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, Brooke Hogan. So, Brooke, thank you for finally coming on the podcast. It's good to good to good to see you. Good, to, you look great. You sound thank great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for the new music. Where is home for you currently? It's I'm in between home right now. So I have been living in Nashville for the most part. Um, about God, almost 10 or 11 years. I moved here in 2011 and I, um, gosh, I moved back to LA, I think once in, in between. And then I ran cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this is too, too big town for me. And then, um, and then now I ended up back in Nashville, but I have been like for the last couple of years, you know, like when you go through that kind of like spiritual growth and you, you know, you miss your family and you know, you want to go back to your roots, um, I'm actually going to move back to Florida. So I miss really? Miami. I miss Tampa. I miss my dad. So it's just, it's time. That That's awesome. No, I, I mean, Nashville is a, a hot spot right now. Why did you originally get out of there? You just didn't, cause I got to imagine living in LA or New York or Miami, like it's probably just crazy for someone like you. Um, is that kind of why you wanted to get out and get to a, a different town? You know what? I'm just more of, it's funny because even though I'm in the entertainment industry, I'm not naturally like a fame hungry kind of person. I mean, it like pains me to take a picture of myself like this and post it on Instagram, you know? So it's, it feels really narcissistic and weird. Um, I know it's like the name of the game. You have to like social media now is like the thing that keeps you relevant. And I just was in that era of like, MySpace was just new. So T9 texting was a big thing. So now it's like, oh my gosh, I always think to myself, I'm like, if I had Brooke knows best or Hogan knows best right now in the, in the era that we're in with how people troll people and how you cannot mess up anything that you say, because you will be absolutely crucified. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of scary. I, I was lucky to kind of have my, my peak, 
you know, uh, a couple of years ago, or actually like a decade ago now, let's, we won't tell anybody that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, people are like, oh my God, you know, you kind of look like Hulk Hogan's daughter, but like, and I'm like, yeah, I lost all my fat in my face. That's what's happening now as the age is starting to come in. But yeah, I mean, so to get back to your question, LA is fun to visit, super fun to visit, but I just, I don't want to sit two hours in traffic on the 405. I want to have a garden and, you know, do music and, you know, be around my family. And, and it's kind of like more quality of life is mattering more to me right now. So, um, you know, and it's just been, it's been insane. And then I jumped into this Airbnb thing, which has literally like robbed me of sleep and my soul. It's been insane. Um, but yeah, I'm just getting to that point in life where I'm like, I'm ready to just take a slight, like slow down just a smidge. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's yeah. cool. How did you like living in Nashville? Did you see, was it good for you? Uh, you know, I was just a big music scene down there, but were you running into a lot of people? Was it, did you enjoy there compared to LA? So Nashville, Nashville is, I have mixed feelings about Nashville. So, um, and I don't really care if anybody in Nashville is listening because they change their minds like the wind too. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, Nashville, when I first moved here in 2011, I came here because um, I had finished Brooke Knows Best. I was out in LA and Dixie Carter, who was working with my dad, um, said, you know, we've got this wrestling company called TNA Wrestling and um, it's total nonstop action wrestling the way, not tits and ass. Um, <laughs> we've got this wrestling company and we, and she was really passionate. She had owned the company as a strong female and she was really passionate about their female league. And she was like, I really want to bring somebody in to manage the girls, but it's hard to find people with like the extensive knowledge of wrestling. Even though I never got into it, you could ask me any, anything and I would probably tell you like the inside workings of it, you know, the inside of the juggernaut that it is. So, you know, she goes, Hey, listen, you know, like, it's not going to be like, great pay but you know you love music and it's in nashville and there's not just country music here you can like do all kinds of music and i thought you know what i'm all up for adventure i've always just like kind of moved on a whim and been kind of an adventurous type of person so i came down to nashville sight unseen to be honest i felt like i was moving to like the most podunk town in the whole world i did not know <laughs> what to expect i thought it was just all like cornfields and tractors i didn't know yeah, and yeah. Um, and i came here and it was a really cool little town i was like this is awesome like and there were little restaurants and little like pockets of neat hipstery kind of things and i really had a great time my first couple of years here in nashville um the dating scene sucked it's like very incestuous in a way like everybody's dated everybody but um i had a good time and then all of a sudden like the last i would say maybe three or four years the city has started to grow so quickly that it's like i feel like i'm back in la it's not my same Nashville, you know, before it was homey and you'd see, you know, your friend on the corner. Hey man, how are you? Do you know, nice to see you. Do you need help with uh, your groceries up to your house? It was that kind of town. And now it's just that, that old school Southern charm is starting to wear off and it's becoming like a Las Vegas. Interesting. Oh man. Now I've yeah. heard it's amazing. Parties there. Yeah. I, I've never oh, been. it's fun to visit. It's fun to visit, but it is mm, interesting to live in. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, kind of going back to just, your childhood and stuff, you know, your dad is obviously one of the most recognizable people on the planet, but I want to know yeah. how was that for you growing up having such a famous father? You know, what's crazy. He did a really good job. Um, not letting that, not letting us 
feel like that was like that. It wasn't like the reality that we had that, oh my God, we have this famous dad. I mean, living in Clearwater, Florida helped. I will say like, I look at all this Britney Spears stuff and she's like, oh my God, I can't leave my house. I can't do this. I'm like, you need to move to Clearwater girl because there are no paparazzi there. Like we can, I don't want to let it, anybody in on the secret, but it is still like a little <laughs> hidden gem. And, you know, so we were raised in that little small beach town and it was, it was nice. You know, I don't remember him being gone a ton. He did work a lot, obviously, but he always came back a couple days a week and would make us breakfast and take us to school. And I mean, he was a whiz at math and history, which, you know, I kind of sucked in. So it was great to have him, you know, help me in those things, but totally normal, you know, and the only time that we'd have, you know, that taste of, of the crazy was if we actually went to like a WrestleMania and then you're just like, oh, I'm just so proud of him. Like, this is so cool to be a part of and, and see. So it was, it was a pretty, you know, normal life aside from the 18,000 square foot house and, you know, a billion cars. But, um, you know, but did, like, you, did you feel was, growing up like people wanted to be your friend just so that they can come over and see your 18,000 square foot house and like be around your dad? I'm just curious because I didn't grow up with famous parents, so I have no idea what that would be like. Yeah, it, um, it, I will say just in general, I think when you're in the position that we're in, it, it happens, you know, I mean, it still happens. People think that it's something else. And that's the thing that I think is so misconstrued or misunderstood about fame, right? Is that they think immediately if you're famous, you must be rich or immediately if you're a daughter of somebody that you just have it easy or if you have all these cars and houses, you know, that that's just, oh, it must be nice. I'm like, hey, I, I can't help that my parents picked that, you know, but all I remember is it was a pain in the butt to upkeep and I would never, you know, do that in my life, you know. So, um, you know, and they came from a whole different, you know, school of thought, though. I mean, they both were, you know, my dad was just, you know, dirt poor. My mom was came from, you know, a middle class family in, in the valley in California and her dad was LAPD for 30 years. And, you know, they just kind of came from simple beginnings. So then I would imagine when you, you know, all of a sudden make this money and they've worked so hard, what people don't understand is you can, you know, like for these girls that chase guys with a lot of money or whatever it is. You know, I always tell people, it's like, you can have billions of dollars and have some sort of lawsuit or some sort of thing and lose it all, you know? And it's like, that's when you really find out who your friends are, who stands by you, like what you're made out of, you know, are you going to go get a, a job, a real job and go wait tables and stuff? Or is it beneath you, you know? So it's like, it really um, separates the men from the boys. I think when, you know, you have fame and you go through struggles and hard times, it's almost like a higher rise and a, and a harder fall, you know? You also have one of the most famous last names in history, I guess. You know, there's not too many people have the last name Hogan. And then they see you and they see the blonde hair. And, you know, how many people, when you pay with credit card, people just ask you, start asking you about if you're broke or I start asking about your father. Is, you know, like, is that ever become an issue or is it just a conversation starter? Well, it's actually not our real legal name. So oh, it's Bolea. Oh, it's Bolea. It's Bolea. Yeah, Bolea. you said it yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Bolea. Yeah, Bolero, I forgot about Bolea. that. That's right. Yeah. yeah, so it's Bolea. So, um, but even when people see Brooke on my credit card, they're like, are you Brooke? But your name's different. I'm like, yeah, it's a stage name, you know? But um, it's so weird too, because it's like, it's not like I was trying to like, be like, oh, I'm going to take the last name. It's like, that's just what you are called from yeah. her because people don't know any better, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. I was just talking to my friend about this the other day. The thing that 
I get recognized for the most, which is so strange because now I look a little bit different because I'm older and people think that you're just always supposed to look 18, even though the TV show was 10 years ago and they're like plastic surgery. And I'm like, Nope, just losing collagen and fat in my face. <laughs> um, but no, people recognize my voice, which I think is so strange. Um, I can see that. Yeah. They say they pick, peek their head around the corner at CVS or something. And they're like, I knew that voice. I'm like, really? You know, so, um, you know, that's that's something. But yeah, I mean, it's it's cool being my dad's daughter. He's a great guy. And, and I got very lucky to have a humble, um, very nice gentle giant father so yeah i think the one i was gonna say the one thing we take away from hogan knows best and just from knowing or seeing your father over the years is how much he loved his kids you know both yeah. you and your brother like he was he was always there for you like he just see in his eyes like he's just he was obsessed with you guys you know which yeah was really cool. you know we've been through our family's been through a lot of crap and i will say my dad despite you know i mean it's it's hard to you know have all your skeletons you know pulled out of your closet and just waved in front of everybody's face and humiliated the world and then our family just go through all this stuff and um he has stayed so graceful through it all you know like i talked to him yesterday i said you know it's so it has to be so hard for you because it's like you've got so many people poking at you poking at you poking at you and you can never poke back you can never say yeah i messed up but this person did this too or yeah, you know, like you just can't ever throw shade back because then it just makes you look worse, you know, and people are like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, so it's it's so hard. He always has to take the high road. He always has to just, you know, sit down, shut up, you know, follow the rules, not piss anybody off. So it's hard to have that kind of, you know, control and just always remain graceful in the worst situation. So, um, you know, oh. he's he's real. He's like, hey, I'm, you know, this is how I messed up or this is how I'm feeling. Like he communicates and he's, you know um like i said just gentle giant so i you know it's funny that you say that because i wanted to ask you because i think when you're the focus of the attention or the hatred or whatever it is at the time that's hard but i feel like it's also just as hard or harder for family members to watch someone go through that so i'm thinking you know when your dad had his big scandal you know, was that hard for you to sit back and be a daughter and watch that go down? Because I got to imagine that's really painful for you at that time. It's hard. And, and you know, everybody was like, oh, Brooke stands by her dad and this and that. And it's like, first of all, that's who I am. I'm loyal. Like, if you're honest with me, it doesn't matter. I will love you. I'll stand up for you till the end. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that people can have differing opinions, right? Like I, I'm not, I'm not God. I can't judge. I can't tell you if you're right or wrong. I'm not going to judge somebody for, for sinning differently than I do, you know? Um, but you don't know. I love that quote that says like, don't judge somebody on the decisions that they made when you don't know the options they had to choose from, or, or that you don't know the mind space or the, the, the marriage or the job or whatever they were in, it's hard to say, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. I would never do that. It's like, you don't know if you are under a certain amount of stress or if there's certain temptations or things like that, like we're only human. So I try to remember, you know, that there might be a time in my life where I'm super stressed out and I make a dumb decision and I regret it. And I hope that people treat me with compassion if, and when that happens, you know? So I try to always just, be gentle because you don't ever know the whole story and you you could never know what somebody's feeling inside of themselves. Do you, do you think that your that your dad ha, has fully learned from his maybe poor mistakes in the past and he is now on a, on a new path? I mean, I feel like 
in this day and age, people people need to be knowledgeable or uh, what am I trying to say? They, they need to be knowledgeable about issues and they need to have mistakes and we need to learn from our mistakes. And I feel that society doesn't always give people the ability to learn from their, their mistakes. Do you feel like he has learned from everything that he's gone through? Right. Like you can absolutely change and everybody is always changing, right? There's stuff that I thought when I was 18 that I don't believe now, you know, and it's okay. I, I love quotes, but I just read another one. That's like, it talked about, um, you know, integrity and character is having the ability to believe something and, and change your mind and say, Oh, you know what? Maybe I didn't know everything or maybe I was ignorant or maybe, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't mess up your integrity. What messes up your integrity is sticking so firm to a belief, despite, you know, more knowledge that you've gotten or that you might potentially have a different, you know, view of it and just being like, you know, a rock, nothing gets through, you know? So it's like, obviously people grow, they learn, they change. It's strange to me to watch people judge because, you know, it's like, like you've never messed up or you've never talked shit. I'm telling you, there are people with stuff on their phone that are sitting there trolling online. But if you dug through their phone and like put out what they said, they'd probably like feel like just as much of an ass, you know? So I'm like, you know, people say stuff, you know, in jest, people say stuff in joking, whatever. I think, you know, my dad, from what I knew and the reason why I was just kind of like, listen, I know that, and I don't know which scandal we're talking about because there's a few, but just (laughs) overall, you know, if it's saying something, if it's doing something, you know, obviously he's learned, um, you know, and, and I think when it comes to saying things, um, there are things, I mean, I grew up in a South park era. Okay. So that was stuff where, you know, saying the word gay didn't mean gay. It meant like, dude, you're stupid. You know, like that was just, and that's just the culture that we grew around, you know? And I think what's nice about society today, even though it is like a cancel culture, the benefit of, of what's happening is people are becoming more aware of what comes out of their mouth because these things that you speak, you know, that are kind of old school things or, or whatever it is, um, it, 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 says something about like, I don't even think people sometimes know the depth of what the things that they're saying mean. So I think that it's great that, you know, we're bringing light to it. Like, Hey, you can't say that because that represents this time in this culture's life. that was really oppressive. Like that's actually not cool to say, you know? So, um, I think that just in general, not only my dad, but me, my friends, people I grew up with, like everybody's being a little bit more careful and conscious. And I think that that's nice because as a human as a group of human beings on this earth that have, I don't know, a whisper of time in, in the span of eternity, we are all kind of having this higher consciousness, you know, our consciousness is raising and we're coming together. And, you know, I don't, in my heart of hearts, I don't really fully believe that we are so separated by media and what side of, what side you stand on politically and this and that. I always say, if, um, if you had, uh, Uh, somebody on the left and somebody on the right standing on a sidewalk, right? And you see a car accident because you're on the left or the right. Are you not going to go help that person in the car as human beings in our hearts, in the way God made us and, and what comes natural to us, most of us, we want the right thing, you know, and people vote and have opinions and whatever based on the information that they have, you know, everybody's doing as best as they can from, you know, the knowledge that they have. And I try to remember that, you know, and I love having conversations that, you know, I 
I'm like, hey, challenge my opinion, challenge what I think, because I would love to learn more because, you know, I've got a friend that we have completely different views on certain things, but we are like best friends because we love having those conversations and digging deeper and, you know, kind of expanding our minds on different subjects and seeing where other people come from. It's not your way or the highway when it comes to things like that. So, yeah, I'm a Preach, talking head, I like it. She is deep. Look, you're, <laughs> you are deep. I like it. I want to get into reality TV. How was the reality TV experience for you? Where we're you know looking back, you know, at the time I you know, it was during that day. I guess you were around was it post Osborne's maybe or during the Osborne's we a little were bit? Like right on the heels of the Osborne's. So I think the Osborne's had started airing while we were filming. So we were like one of the first that started doing the reality thing. Was it cool for you doing the reality shows? Like, do you look back? I mean, obviously there's some stuff like, man, it's sort of embarrassing, but most, you know, was it a good experience for you? You know what? I think it would have been an even better experience. I always say, like, I feel like I lost a whole decade of my life because I was filming and like my two roommates that were on the show, they're called roommates on the show, but my two friends that were on the show um, had the time of their life. And I just remember kind of not even being there because I was just going through so much stress with my family and it was just so insane that I look back and I'm like, God, I wish I could go back to the old days and like relive it and like have fun and like really enjoy filming it because, uh, and I don't, I don't know, um, you know, other people's experience with reality TV, but we got really lucky to have a production company that was like our family. And I think that the people that owned it and ran it, um, and still run it today, pink sneakers, um, they had consciences, you know, they had, they had a conscience, they had good morals and good values. And I think, you know, they, instead of just completely exploiting us, you know, when there were moments that they caught that wouldn't have been so flattering. Or, I mean, there are things that are just like for humor, you're like, Oh my God, I look so dumb right there. <laughs> but for the most part, we really had a great crew and we had a great production company. And it was that I think was just amazing. And I still look back and I still actually, talk to John Earhart, who's one of the owners of pink sneakers. And we still shoot the shit and talk like we've like we're family. So that I'm very, very grateful for. Um, but you know, it's funny because I went and I did the challenge on MTV and people were like, be careful because there's, you know, that's really cutthroat production. And it's, you know, the people on there are really whatever, like you could really make yourself look like an ass. Like that's just, you know, it's different. It's not your show. It's not your production company. You're kind of walking into a show that, I think people think they like make people look worse. But what was crazy was there were, there were characters. I think people kind of knew like kind of what was funny and what naturally when you do TV for so long, you kind of like, for instance, everybody's like, how could you be friends with Shane on the challenge? And I'm like, well, first of all, we're born on the same day. <laughs> we're both Tauruses. <laughs> and I, everybody was like, Oh, don't, you know, be friends with Shane. And I just took a liking to him, you know? And I was just like, I really like this guy. I think he's a good person. He's still a good friend to me, um, but he's just funny. He plays that caddy, you know, kind of just, you know, competitive thing and it works well on camera and he's strong enough. He's a strong enough person where he doesn't really care if people think those things about him. But as a person, I mean, he is just, I mean, solid gold. He's just, you know, good to his family, good to his friends, you know, very supportive of, of other people and, and great heart. So, 
Mo I had a great time doing the challenge. I loved working with Buna Murray. I mean, that was a great production company. They were classy and just like so everybody they're on pros. the production crew was great. Yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. So I think I've you got to have experiences. Yeah, yeah, you got to have thick skin, and even no matter what you're doing in reality TV, just TV in general. I feel like yeah. being in front of people, you got to have that thick skin. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I do you think that there's any truth to the the curse of doing reality TV that it breaks up marriages because there's so much focus on people's relationship? Because we've seen it with the housewives, we've seen it oh, with it, Nick and Jessica. Jessica yeah. I mean, it's like the list can go on and on. Obviously your parents went through a, a pretty famous split up after being on reality TV. Do you think there's any truth to that? Or do you think that's just, it is what it is? You know what I think? I think it's just, it, it brings to light things that wouldn't normally be brought to light, you know? So for instance, like what I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, you know, cause I've gotten offers to do a couple different things. And, and if it was the right thing, I would do it. But, First, I think you need to have a partner that is truly, genuinely not phased by it, number one, because fame and money and it's not like, oh, now all these girls are going to like you or, oh, you know, money's going to change you. It's like something about there's like an there's like a, a subconscious power, you know, and, and this was something that I noticed. I've always been kind of like an earth mother where I'm like, I don't give two, you know, what's like, whatever, take me off TV, put me on TV. I don't care. I'm, I'm still always, but that's my Taurus in me. But most people, good people, I noticed that they just get a little, it's like drunk with power, a smidge. Like there's just an ego where you're like, hmm, this person's not treating me right. They're disposable. Like I can just, you know, I, I have my like, I have my pick of the litter kind of thing. There's a little hint of that. There's a little hint of ego that starts creeping in. I mean, sometimes it just totally takes over people. But even in with the best people, I've seen people that I never thought would change become just a little more superficial or a little more whatever. And I'm like, ooh, that's gross. Fame is a drug. People don't want to say it, but fame is 100% a drug. And it's funny, we had that conversation with Dr. Drew. Because he's like, yeah, it, it affects your brain and your psyche. And getting that bit of power can completely change people 100%. Yeah, I think it's really good to have a balance. Um, right after I did the challenge, I actually just went and I, it's so funny, nobody knows this at all. You guys are probably the first people I've told. Um, I actually went and I waited tables at the JW Marriott. And I was a cocktail server. And I will tell you, and I tell everybody this, I had the best time of my life doing that i had that was so much fun it was such a fun experience it was such a there was such a great camaraderie it was nice having structure it was nice being able to like go to the gym at a decent hour and wake up at a decent hour and have i've never had like structure you know when it comes to my jobs and stuff and there's times when i'm like oh my god i kind of just want to go back to that simplicity because you know it just it it is comforting and it feels like you come home from you know a hard day's work and you know filming yeah it's hard I, I could sleep for a dang month after we finished filming because it was just so many hours of whatever but it's just it's different you know and it's it's a different kind of payoff you know so I, I really plus I always say everybody should work in the service industry because you don't realize that like you're going to dinner and you're treating your server snotty and they're like probably making more money than you are <laughs> in tips. Well, I want to know what people's reaction was like when you come over to serve them and they're like, the hell is Brooke Hogan doing oh, God. here serving Everybody me? Everybody was like, are you Brooke Hogan? What are you doing here? And I'm like, 
I just am normal and I just need some social interaction and to feel normal and to feel alive. So sorry, but can I get you a steak? <laughs> <laughs> Were the tips good? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it was the JW Marriott here in Nashville. So we had Titans players coming in and just, I mean, it's at the top, it's got like a full blown glass roof. You can see the sunset and the sunrise there. Um, it's a beautiful restaurant. They've got, it's a Michael Mina restaurant. And, um, you know, I just loved it because like they take you through the, the training is a week. Right. And I love, I love cooking. I love wine. I love the whole thing. So I did like training with the sommelier and I did time in the kitchen and like watch the chef. And I felt like I was in a living Ratatouille movie. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I still like, oh my gosh, we go there for dinner and stuff. And I'm like, I want to come back. Yeah, how long were you there for? Oh my God. I want to say maybe I worked there about six months or something like that. And then I ended up getting some, something else with music or whatever going on. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to like leave, you know, but it was, it was such a fun experience. I loved it. And that wasn't the first time. I mean, my dad was like, you guys are going to wait tables at Denny's or wherever it was on, on the show. And I thought, all right, we're doing this for the show. Right, dad. And like the next morning I woke up, he's like, all right, get ready for work. And I'm like, thought we were just doing this for filming and it was like no, <laughs> you're doing it so but just really you know it's I love doing different experiences in life that's that's the thing is people think that you just are supposed to be like a celebrity and a star and you should keep yourself elevated to this point I'm like screw it I'll try country I'll try whatever like I love music like that's the one thing too with music people think you have to be one thing it's like when you're a songwriter you know for instance, you know, Avril Lavigne has written for everybody. Kesha writes for everybody. Kesha wrote for Britney Spears. It's like, if somebody said, hey, there's a girl group that I actually did write for a little teeny bopper girl group. You know, um, I've written stuff that's been for men, like rock songs and stuff that sounds like um, Everclear, you know? So it's like, as a songwriter, you can really write anything, you know? And if you love music, then you enjoy blues, jazz, country, R&B, all these things, you know? I just seem to, it seems to click when I do the pop R&B thing a little bit more <laughs> with the fans. They tend to like that. When you worked at the restaurant, do people say like, I'm sure some people had to be like, at that point when you were doing it, obviously your father is very wealthy. Are they saying, are you doing it? Like, why would you be doing this? Your dad should be probably paying your bills. Like, but does does he like help you out or is it like no i'm i got i make i do well i obviously have this this uh airbnb business that's really taken off but like what what kind of drove you obviously you say you want to do these experiences but why would you want to do that when it's like not a financial thing i will tell well this is the thing though i've never really been somebody that has been a financial i guess like like um not like a like I don't go buy Gucci bags and like do expensive stuff like I cook and I love I'll buy my dog a sweater but like I'm not really like a superficial person like I've never been into like material things so I'm not you know somebody that's got a ton of bills or like a ton of you know I'm just kind of simple um but I think that's the one thing and I'm I'm pretty tough like I've I've grown my thick skin but that is the one thing I'll say that drives me crazy if I see a comment and people are like oh must be nice having a rich daddy. Um, yeah, I'm sure. First of all, when we were going through all of our stuff, that money was so tied up in lawsuits and divorces and just all kinds of crazy stuff that there was no way that it was like, hey, can I have a, you know, it's like they are literally checking bank statements and pay stubs from, you know, WWE like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like it's, 
it's crazy. So, you know, not, and on top of it, I have pride. Like, I think, you know, maybe because I, I, I set off on my own. I was like, first of all, there was so much drama at, at back home that I was like, I cannot wait to move out. So like right when I turned 18, um, I went and I got a, an apartment at the Flamingo in Miami. I did not know what I was getting into. If you ever ask anybody about the Flamingo <laughs> in Miami, it's a little bit crazy. But I was like, you know, it's affordable. Like I need to like make sure. And I didn't want to take anything from my parents because the worst thing that I, I think is like, if somebody's helping you and then you feel like you're indebted, like that is something that like sure, yeah. me the wrong way. So, um, I mean, I will say, I think, you know, besides asking my dad for like some rent money or something like that here and there, like, I've pretty much done stuff on my own. I built my business on my own. I haven't had somebody hand me just a lump sum of money ever and just say, here, start a business or here, invest in, you know, this, um, everything that I've done has been on my own. I've invested in my own music. I've, I've, you know, aside from like back when I was like a kid, kid, like back with Lou Pearlman and kind of when I was like 16, 17, 18, like from that moment where I kind of broke away, I paid the producers, I paid the recording studio fees. Like I, there was a time when I made a lot of money on TV and there was a time when I was broke as hell. <laughs> and I, from that time when I was broke as hell, I built myself back up. So I built my design business. I did the waiting tables thing. I, did what I had to do. And I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person that was like, yeah, I made it because of my daddy's money. And I didn't want to ask my daddy's been through so much crap already that the last thing he needs is a kid that's like, Hey, can I have, you know, the credit card? It's like, I don't love him for that. I don't love him for money, you know? And if he talks about it or says like, Oh, well, I want to make sure that I leave you guys something or whatever. I'm like, listen, I don't care about that. I would rather you use your money on some technology to live a hundred more years. That would make me happy. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I, I'm not saying that, you know, I haven't had a little bit of help here and there, but it, I, you know, I feel like every kid at some point, you know, whether it's college or whether it's something, you know, like I think parents do step in at certain times, but I am proud to say I've done 99% of my life by myself. All right, guys, we gotta talk about Herd App Media, our network. I feel like we are adding new shows on daily. We got a couple really good ones, and if you like Hollywood Raw, I think you might like some of these other ones. So Adam, tell them what else we got on the network. Yeah, we got X Appeal with Jen Lommers, the host of Extra, and Julian Marlin. They used to hook up, but now they're friends. Interesting, weird dynamic, but they make it work, and they're hosting a show together. It's great. Offer Chops, hosted by Australian professional wrestlers and best friends Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay. And if you want something a little different, we got the Giles Files with Nancy Giles. She's an award-winning contributor to the CBS News Sunday Morning. And listen, if you want to find something completely different, check out my other show, Pod Sauce. I host with Alicia Renee. It is a podcast discovery show, so we're just literally recommending great podcasts out there. And you know what? There's so many more huge shows that are joining Herd App Media. They've got national audience, household names, receiving hundreds of thousands of weekly downloads. Everyone seems to be joining us. We're kind of the new cool place to go. Yeah, Herd App Media Network has to be one of the fastest growing networks in terms of audience growth in 2021. Go to herdatmedia.com. That's herdat, H-U-R-R-D-A-T, media.com to check out our network, or you can click the link in the show notes to find out more. Now, back to the show. How is his health? I remember stories a while back about his back being like pretty painful for him to be walking around after all the wrestling. How's he doing these days? We counted how many surgeries he's had in the last 10 years. And I think we're at 25. Oh, God. So he's had 
both shoulder or both shoulders scoped and he had his uh his whole bicep and his bursazac and his everything tied up in his shoulder like last year that was a disaster he got MRSA and it was like a big thing so we had to go back and undo it tons of physical therapy um he's had both of his knees replaced multiple times i think twice on both he's had his hips done he's had his elbows scoped he's had so yeah he's had so many surgeries so he's done he's done a ton, but this last one that he just had finally was like the, the winning ticket. So right now he's feeling great. He's working out two hours in the gym every day. He's still chugging along. It's amazing. <laughs> I heard a, a, a thing about your, your dad when he works out, or maybe this was years ago, he would drink a light beer, like a Miller light <laughs> beer. So it would like dehydrate him. So he kind of look more shredded. Is that true? I don't think it's about the dehydrating. Are you just getting like beer muscles? The beer is just like to kind of just, let loose, like knock off that, I don't want to go down to the gym kind of thing. You know, he just drink one beer and then he would just like knock out a workout and just be in a good mood and just have a little bit of like a, all right, let's get through it. Have some fun kind of thing. It just kind of takes the inhibitions and takes the edge off from, you know, the long day or the stress going on or whatever. So Adam's you just trying to find an excuse to drink yeah. beer before he works out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <I> yeah. <laughs> you know what's so funny, Brooke? The first time I ever saw you in person, I was at the Saddle Ranch in L.A. Oh, my and, God. And, and at I feel time, bad for you seeing me the first time for Saddle Ranch in L.A. <laughs> yeah. What a bowl. great spot. What an interesting spot. I haven't been there in forever. But during the COVID, all the TikTokers were going there. But I remember you walked in with your mom. And there's two very tall attractive blonde women walking by and at that time your mom was dating that younger guy Char charlie was his name maybe charlie, yeah. how was that experience going through your mom was dating a younger guy what what was going through your head during that time oh my gosh that was actually so funny by the way your mom your mom it was a tight spot at the bar and your mom pointed me out to uh pointed you out to me like hey brooke what about this guy and he looked at me he looked me up and down then just kept walking i was like oh, I'm just not your type. You that's know what, a true story though, like, i swear just, on that but yeah go on what was charlie like so you know charlie um is actually a really nice guy you know just um you know and i think he was good for my mom at that time that she was going through stuff, you know, and I think that they had, they, there was something between them that like worked, you know? Um, and he was super nice. I think he's married now and living in Clearwater beach. Um, and, um, you know, my mom just, I think, you know, sometimes people just grow apart, but it was a little bit weird at first. I was, I was more concerned about like, Hey, I just want to make sure that this person is being genuine. Um, and, and I do feel like he, he was very kind to my mom. I think that that it was a good, person for her to have in her life with the stuff that her and my dad were going through at the time you know and then it was just a little bit weird that i was like okay he was in the grade between me and nick it's cool all right that's a little strange but whatever how how is that's your mom cool. doing these days um she's doing good she's uh living in agora california she's got some horses and you know just a sun worshiper and just you know living her life so oh i love it I love how do you it. handle so, the holidays, like going back between your dad and your mom? Like, how do you? Oh do you guys my do? gosh! Me and Nick are like, okay, who's gonna do Thanksgiving with dad, and who's gonna do Thanksgiving with mom, and who's gonna do Christmas? So it has been hard. And them living like literally on different coasts, like, could you have picked further away places for us to fly? <laughs> and I think it's crazy too. I'm like, why are we the only ones flying? You guys get your ass on a plane. Like, me and Nick are constantly booking plane tickets, going back and forth. It's crazy. So, um, you know, and then it's so funny because Nick is in a serious relationship and, and I am too. And, and now you add those things into it where Nick's girlfriends from her, her family's in Texas 
my boyfriend's family's in Michigan. So it's like, oh my gosh, we have so many. You guys just need to go to like Colorado or something or Oklahoma. Just everyone meets in Oklahoma, come to middle. I know. And it's like, you can't get my parents to like leave their like little <laughs> places that they love being. My dad's like a beach guy and my mom's like on her ranch and that's it. They're like, nope, we're staying here. So I'm like, all right, Southwest, let's go. <laughs> I love well, Southwest did, Airlines, by the way. I'll just oh, put that out there. Right, right now is not the time to be flying Southwest. It's pretty yeah, cool right? out there. I know. I can't believe that too. I think it's such a great airline though. I mean, really, they actually have nice I've never met a mean Southwest employee, which I think is like amazing because they've got so many. I mean, this is obviously before this whole situation with the vaccine and everything. But I mean, there's times where I mean, that's a really stressful job to have, you know, being a working the counter and stuff at Southwest and angry passengers and stuff. And they're always nice. So so I, I, I have a fan question that just popped up yeah. and I'm sorry, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, so I don't totally understand it. But it says. Ask her if she knows the truth about Randy Savage. What, what does that even mean? Um, I don't know, actually. I know that Macho Man was, or Randy was, um, first of all, let me just say, what a salt of the earth human being. I was he freaking, cool? Oh, my God. Like, I mean, really such a great person. So when my parents would go on date night, they'd leave us kids with him and Liz. And I would like brush his hair with, you know how Barbie dolls would come with like a little pink <laughs> plastic brush? Yeah. I would brush his hair. It was just so sad like that he passed so soon because he and my dad had just saw each other and like made amends or whatever. I guess there was a little hiccup, you know, just with Randy and Liz's breakup, you know, and my parents kind of got caught in the middle of just like, we don't know like what to do at this point. And, um, and it just, my dad and Randy were such good friends, you know, and it just really still to this day, it still really upsets my dad when he like thinks about it for a while. And, you know, it's, it's emotional, you know, he's such a yeah. great guy, but just so nice and so friendly and so funny and just gentle and just sweet. All right. I want to ask you, you, well, let me ask you, you've okay. been, you, you are wrestling royalty. You've been around wrestling your whole life. Have you ever dated a wrestler? <laughs> um, for a brief moment. For a brief moment, um, it's so funny because on TNA, we did a like a storyline with Bully Ray. And I was like, all right, cool. I love the storyline. Super cool. Like he's trying to take over the company and, you know, pitting me and my dad against each other and this whole thing. And in real life, he actually asked my dad if he could actually take me out. And oh. totally like not somebody that you would think like, oh, yeah, you're going to date a big old wrestler. But um, he was super nice and funny and really cool. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, I've never been about anything other than, like, if you've got a personality or talent, like, that's a turn on to me. So we went on a couple dates. And um, I think he was maybe still dating Velvet Sky. I'm not really sure. So I did not know <laughs> that at the time. But I definitely did not get, uh, I think, the the vibes. I put two and two together. And I was like, mm, I'm just going to remove myself from the situation right now. Interesting. God. I know, Bully. I mean, that's uh, so. Did it? Are you guys still friends or close, or how did that relationship sort of end? The uh, dating end. Um. Oh, we're totally cordial. I mean, he'll text me once in a blue moon, and like, I'll just be like, mm, maybe I won't answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to I want to get on to your music career, um, because you haven't released a full album in 
what is it, ten Forever. years at this yeah. point? Yeah, you've you've released a single here, but you have new music coming up uh, on Halloween. You're releasing a new song called Better. Is that correct? Yep, I'm releasing a bunch of different stuff. Like starting Halloween, we're gonna start pushing out some new music. I am gonna release a little bit of my old stuff, um, just because way, 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 way back. I was actually with Lou Pearlman in Orlando, Florida when I was like 13 years old. And like that was the boy band era, right? And we had made a whole album, a really good album too. And when he went to jail and all of his stuff got seized, I mean, back in the day, it was like physical hard drives that looked like VHS tapes and, you know, plastic CDs and just everything got seized and auctioned off. So, this album that I was going to come out with, this label that I was signed to, just like went poof into thin air. Like there was just no wow, no legal recourse, no not like it's just gone. There's That's nobody insane. to come after. There's no, he, it's just out of nowhere, just gone. So, um, you know, the fans have really wanted to hear some of that. There's also some some pop stuff that I had worked on back in the day that I still think are like really good songs that you know I think would be fun to put out. Um, but yeah, I've got a ton of new music that I've done in between this like crazy decorating crap that I've been doing. So, so but is better? Is it a pop song? Is it a country? What what are we? What is better? Oh yeah, I've been uh, I've been definitely uh, really confusing people <laughs> with being here in Nashville, and it's so funny because people are like, "Oh, Brooks going country," and I'm like, "I'm not exactly going country. I just <laughs> have to be a songwriter." and be in music city where country music is prevalent. And I wrote some country songs with some people because I can do more than just pop. And, you know, people are like, hey, it's music. Like you haven't released music in a while. Why don't you just keep the song for yourself that you wrote and put your vocals on it? Or sometimes I'd lay the demo and people would be like, that's a great song, just put it out. Like why hold it back? Because oh, it's not the right genre, you know, it's like, so, you know, and I really, I learned a lot here in Nashville. Now I'm so picky when it comes to songwriting that I'm like, oh my God, somebody's already used that. That's a melody from that. That's that. So now I'm like, I'm total snob when it comes to songwriting. Um, but I, I think fans like the pop R&B stuff more. And honestly, I feel like it's more myself deep down. And that's also too, it kind of coincides with me kind of moving back to Florida and this and that. Um, I just loved the culture in Miami. I loved the vibe. I loved kind of the more, you know, just pop, fun, palm trees. Like, that's just me. You know, that's naturally who I am. I'm a Florida girl. And, you know, I grew up, you know, dancing and just kind of being that. So that I think is like my most natural thing, even though I can do other stuff. So I decided give the people what they want and just, you know, come back out with like a Brooke Hogan song. Well, Adam and I are very good judges of songs, so if <laughs> very good, can you, very can you good. play 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 a little bit for us? I oh mean, we're gosh. almost at Halloween. I can't because people would be so mad at me if I released it early, <laughs> or even like, but just could we, like even if it was like five ten seconds. You are sneaky and very. <laughs> so what would up. we what would we have to do to get you to just play? Like just a, a just a hint for us, a strip show. Just kidding, <laughs> Adam. You're up, buddy. I want to hear the song, man. I want to hear the song. No, seriously, would you get in trouble if you play just like a little bit? I mean, we're days I am like, away from Halloween, but they can't get that mad, right? 
little bit. See, this is the thing bit. is that a there's like bit. songwriters and producers and everybody that wants it to be released the right way and the whole thing. And I'm like, I have actually really sucked at the social media promotion because I'm old. But um, it, it, just a little bit. No one's going to get mad. You are, <laughs> you would be a bad kid in school. <laughs> I want to be able to give you a fair you know, response to if I think it's going to be a good big hit. So just, just, and you're going to get that from 10 seconds of listening to it. I don't know. Maybe they call Dax the modern Lou Pearlman with all the, without the fraud. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so felt. (laughs) Okay. Just, just, just quick. We won't tell anyone for you. Okay. Yeah. You'll do it. Just a couple seconds. Just seriously. You'll do it. And if you're taking the fall, if I get in trouble, Dude, okay. Let's do it. I want to hear it. Hold on. I have to go on to my second. I actually had to get a second phone because my design business is so insane. People will, people do not care. Like the old rule of like, don't call people after dinner time, kids. Like doesn't apply to people anymore. I'm like, are you seriously going to play this for us? You're going to get just first verse and first chorus and then I'm shutting it off. Okay. 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 Better not do me dirty. <laughs> We won't tell anyone. Trouble, I'm blaming it all on you. I'm pointing all fingers at you. I'm going to have all the fans, all the fans come onto your Twitter and your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll just preface this by saying um, I went through a like hellacious breakup before I met the now saint that I'm dating. Um, it was brutal. He was not very honest. So um, this kind of just like rang true to my heart and i was like yep that is the one so here we go is it gonna play oh my god i cannot believe you guys are convincing me to do this can you hear it okay yeah you think that you're so amazing yeah you think that you are the moon yeah, you think that you are the bestest. Well, I got some news for you. You ain't shit. You ain't it. You nobody gotta burn it, burn you up till I earn this. Yeah, I can do better. Yeah, you know it's true. Whenever we can get my camera, better treat me good. <laughs> no, just keep playing it. <laughs> okay, that's all you That get. is good. That's good. It sounds good. I could see that this sounds like one of those songs that like will blow up on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, somebody needs to teach me how to work TikTok because I do not know how to do it. Well, I thought it was good. good. And being um, the resident Lou Pearlman, I think that it was a great song. It sounds good. Well, I, I want to hear the rest of it. It's I like do. some of the songs that you kind of grew up on, like the kind of the beat, the rhythm, the dance that you kind right? of that yeah. you just enjoy. Like, like that's just gives you a nostalgic like Sierra feel. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. It's fun. It's hit. It's uh, I I dig it. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to hear the whole song. S- send your hate mail to at Dax Holt if you <laughs> if you're mad at me because I effed it up for her. Just send it to me. But it was good. It was worth it. So thank Aww, you. Thanks, guys. That was yeah. cool. I'm excited. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff in there. I've got a, a ballad that I wrote that um. I'm really proud of actually like one of my most favorite songs I've written actually called distance. And then I've got, um, 
you know, a couple like cool, like kind of more disco-y kind of sound and stuff. Um, so there's there's some fun stuff that we're going to put out. I'm super excited about it. So I want to I want to get into your Airbnb business. Tell me, you know, we mentioned it, but tell me exactly what you do and how it works and what you're, what is it for people who don't know it. So, oh, my gosh, um, I actually helped someone here in Nashville with their air. So to give you some background, my mom's mother. So my grandma on my mom's side, um, actually is like a pretty massive interior decorator out in California. And, um, like she's done Sophia Loren's house and Tom Selleck's house and like all these like big freaking celebrities and stuff. And she's just a humble little red haired grandma, you know, just making cookies in the kitchen. But, um, you know, we kind of always grew up with like our houses, like being decked out to the max because they, that was their forte, you know? So, um, that was like my background. So when a friend was like, Oh my gosh, I need help with this Airbnb. By the way, my couch is covered up because I have a black cat and a black dog and all white furniture. So <laughs> this is what ends up having to happen. That sounds like poor planning to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, the cat and the dog were unexpected. They were both rescues. So I was like, well, one I took from one of my friends, um, Dixie actually from TNA, she had a cat and it was always outdoors. And I was like, I'll take it you know, cut too. I've got this black cat and a black dog now. So, <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, Airbnb, your Airbnb yeah. business. So, um, I helped this friend and they were like, you know, oh my God, I got to fly out in three days and I really need to get this done. And I just like, I'm stuck. And I said, I'm like the queen of moving and like doing this. So let me just help you real quick. So we like got the whole house together and the property manager walked in and said, and this is a big house. This is like a 3000 square foot, like tall, skinny house. And he's like, how did this happen? And my friend was like, well, Brooke did it, you know, like, and he goes, would you ever like be interested in like doing this for more people? And I said, sure. You know, so it kind of spiraled a little out of control. And I was, I became known as the girl that does Airbnbs in three or four days here. And for a long time, like, I mean, this is probably the first time publicly I'm talking about it. I didn't tell people that it was Brooke Hogan because I didn't want people to be like, oh, well, you know, she got daddy's money. We don't like our house lawsuit, you know? So I just didn't really know what to expect. I was like, I should probably just like lay low and keep to myself and then just have my business. Right. So I have actually built this business. I would say we're probably one of the top, if not the number one places place that property managers and, um, and realtors send their clients to because we do get stuff done fast. And if you're in the STR short-term rental market, um, time is of the essence. All the time that you know a decorator is screwing around, you know, having fun shopping, you could be making money. You know, the clock's ticking. So um, we've got a great little system. Um, I'm actually now building my business so that um, people can actually get my designs all throughout the United States, which is wow. going to be fun. So and they can just kind of like order it in bulk and it'll come and, and be assembled with the team that comes with them. And it's, it's easy, you know? So like if you're a bachelor and you're like, I just got a new condo in Chicago, but I'm working all the time and I don't have no idea how to decorate it. You know, this would be a great thing for that. It's good for STR STRs. And, so, and the website's bbdesignsbybrook.com. Is that yes, correct? Yes. You did okay. your research. Well, you I, I was looking at it and I was actually really impressed. I thought the website looked really nice. I was very impressed with you it. Actually, I, I didn't, I didn't know before we were talking that this even existed. So I was like, Hey, good for her doing like uh, this super entrepreneurial new career. I liked it. So yeah, we're, we've been doing it now for like, well, we, I say we, I'm like, I just call my crew like we, but it's me. 
Um, I've been doing it for three years and it's, um, it is definitely like, it's getting to the point where I'm now having to expand it like as an actual company company. So, um, and I just had no idea, but I will say it's not my passion. Um, it's definitely a lot of hard work. I'm like, imagine pull everything out of your cabinets and count everything in your house. And I have to order all that stuff. It's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of things, you know, and then, you know, you're scheduling the guy to come do built in bunks or built in whatever. And then the muralist, and then, you know, some stuff doesn't come in. And then it's, I mean, it is like an absolute, you know, what show it's, it's intense. And then I'm doing the invoices and the accounting and the, this and that, I mean, I'm doing, I'm like a 10 man show. So, um, I'm now having to start slowly. I'm bringing on people that can help me, but they have to be trustworthy people. So, you know, what's so funny. One of the people that's actually helping me build the actual like company part out is Ashley from Brooke knows best. So after Brooke knows best, she went and she worked for Armani corporate for 10 years and she was in charge of all of their windows for North America and Canada. So like all the mannequins and how the store is displayed and laid out. Um, she did all that for them for 10 years. So she's really good with, you know, hiring employees and, you know, budgeting and things like that. So she's actually coming in tomorrow um, for our next round of houses that we're doing. So she lives in Atlanta. So she drives up four hours and it's nice to build a big team. The team is the important part. So I know we're running out of time. I wanted to play one quick game with you before our time ended. Okay. This is a pretty fun game. I think you're going to like it. Okay. It's called Rogan or Hogan. <laughs> and these are quotes by either Joe Rogan or your father. So you have to guess which one said it. That is really clever. And I'm, I don't really listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, but I have stumbled upon a few of his podcasts that like, really interest me like i'm the type that's into like health or like aliens <laughs> or like quantum physics like that's like my thing so if he ever talks about stuff like that i do catch his podcast so <laughs> don't totally know pop culturally though like famous quotes from him so we'll see how this goes all right well as much as i'd like to take personal credit i can't it was andrea on our team she came up with it okay she's coming up with all these fun games for us all right i'm gonna start off the first quote adam you can get the second one yes this quote says Reality really is theater. There's no other way to describe it. It's all so nonsensical, ridiculous, and chaotic. Joe Rogan. My dad would never use those words. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. It is yeah. Joe Rogan who said that quote. All right. That's good. Uh, it's painful for me to watch someone who isn't funny. It's horrifying to sit in the back and watch some guy who just totally sucks. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan it is. Yeah, yeah, she you're, does. you're doing good so far. Yeah, because right. my dad is, he's a little bit more, he wouldn't ever say something so like, you know, like it's hard for me to watch him. Like he wouldn't criticize somebody else's work, you know? Okay. Yeah. Next one. Uh, be a father first. Don't put a priority of being a friend with your wife first or a friend with your kids first. Joe Rogan or Hulk Hogan? Don't don't be a priority. Don't be a friend of your wife. Don't put a priority of being a friend with your wife first or a friend with your kids first. Be if a father first, basically. Um, the friends with the wife thing. I feel like maybe I almost feel like no matter who said it, it may have been like you know, like basically. I think whoever said it meant like you can't be a friend to your kid first. You have to be a parent. Yeah. The friends with the wife thing. I don't know. That's pretty hard. I'm gonna say. Mm, my dad has said something like that before, but it just doesn't, doesn't sound like how he would have said it, but maybe my dad. 
It is your dad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I see martial. I see martial arts as moving forms of meditation. When you're sparring or drilling. (laughs) She's. This is good. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next one. Is this Hulk Hogan or Joe Rogan? I've been around so long, no matter if I've done good things or bad things, or my personal life has been good or bad, the fans have always stuck with me. My dad. Damn. It's very good. All right. Last one. I hate to... I hate to toot my own horn, but I just feel that I know people and I know fans and I don't feel that there is an Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt ba- uh, barrier with me. I've always felt from everyone I talk to that the fans feel like I'm tangible and they can talk to me and they know me. Maybe Joe Rogan Joe or Hulk Hogan? What's your answer? Is it Joe Rogan? Nope. It was, nope. My dad? It was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. It did it did seem like something, but I sometimes it's like I don't know why he'd use like Brad Pitt and Angel jo- Angelina Jolie as like a reference because it's like <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that was the first time we've ever played Hogan or Rogan, and I think it went pretty well. You nailed you got like a, a 98% at least. One wrong. That There's was more really than good. just blonde hair in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Listen, Brooke, awesome. this has been well, honestly we've been trying to get you on the podcast for a long time and uh the reason is because like you've been in the media for a long you've been in the game for a long time and we kind of kind of it's feel, i feel you feel like in some ways we kind of grew up with you you know we've seen I'm you an when original you're a kid gangster. you I was are an original TV gangster when, when uh when uh all that was on or i don't know what was my era, what was <laughs> yeah, my era? Snick. flavor of yeah. love Yes, oh, wow. flavor of love. I forgot about that show. Flavor of love. Yeah, that's that's something. When I look back at like what was going on, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie were running around. Simple life. Yeah. Uh, you, Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz were dating. Dang. But you know what's that, the cool that was a thing? Fun and time. This, yeah, and but props to you. It's like the way you handled, it. like you said before. You know, your family has had a lot of skeletons come out of the closet, and you have been sort of like the backbone of your the family. You know, like you've been sort of in the middle. Fortunately, there's been no really issues with you personally but you know to the your, your family it's been it's got it's, it's got this stuff yeah it's I've, tough I've but you've been actually to, yeah, it's tough I mean, but you've done a great way of you know pushing through and moving forward and it's glad to see you doing well obviously with the side hustle and the businesses with the uh the airbnb business and now we're excited for your music coming out it's uh, it's a good time for brooke hogan it's an exciting time thank for brooke hogan. you thanks guys yeah and if you ever need to know about a bone and ribeye steak i have a lovely one on the menu for you <laughs> i think that that was probably my favorite part of this whole thing learning that you were a waitress there for a little bit which i think is so humbling and so awesome uh just it's it's not easy for people who are so recognizable and and famous um and I and I don't want to say this to any disrespect to the service industry. Just there's a lot of people that wouldn't take that job because they feel like I need to continue to be on TV. And I really love hearing that story. I really. Oh yeah, no shame in my game. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's great. So if you want to follow Brooke, uh, you can follow her on IG on Twitter. She's Ms. Hogan, M I Z Z Hogan. You can find her there. Um, excited about your your song. Thanks again for letting us hear a clip. It again. I'm going to now block my number in case you have any backlash. I want nothing to do with that. But thank you you for putting it out. You deserved it for me not realizing that it was supposed to be a video chat a couple days ago and then us not doing it. So I'll give you that one. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brooke, again. We appreciate it. And we wish you much success in your new music launch. Thank you guys for a very classy and fun interview. She was great. She was fun. She was cool. She was honest. Like, she's just, she's cool shit. I want to. She was way more honest than I think I expected. And I, 
And, and I think maybe it was because her honesty with her family and, you know, just being like, so wait, I don't know which scandal you're talking about because we've gone through quite a few in my family. Like that, that's cool. That's honest. That's real. You know, I liked it. Yeah, no, she's cool. And uh, it's crazy. Cause like, Without us as interviewers have to kind of like dig in and try to get these people so people to crack open a little bit and to kind of get them to indulge. She just kind of is not I don't want to say an open book, but she's sort of like, hey, I get where you're coming at. And she's just got good answers. Like her answers yep. are they're just they're spot on. Like she's a great interviewer. Dude, she's love, a great interviewee. I love the story about her being a waitress. And I and I I really I hope I said that I don't I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone in the service industry. That's not what I'm saying. Um like, oh, I can't believe she would do that. It was, it's more when you have hit a certain level of like fame, then there's a lot of scrutiny when people do like a service job. Remember how much um, flack the guy got for working at Trader Joe's, the guy mm -hmm. from the Cosby show? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, there's a lot of scrutiny, like, oh, look, you can no longer work in the industry. So now you're finding a job elsewhere. And I think. That's what I liked about it. I thought it was really cool that she she doesn't have this ego about her. And she's like, oh, sure. yeah, like, I can work this job. Like, why should I care? Why? That's not a downgrade. Like, it's it's a job. It's fun. So I don't know. I, I hope I didn't offend anyone, but I, I thought that was really cool. No, you didn't. Um, guys, make sure you follow this podcast. There's a video portion on YouTube. Um, you know, the best thing to do to support this podcast is leave a review. And if you do leave a review, we'll read it live on air. Uh, you know, it's, it's some help. It helps out with the algorithm. It's, it's I can't iTunes. explain it. No, here, here's, they... here's literally what it is. The more reviews that iTunes sees come in, the more they start pushing you out for other people to discover you. That's that's really what it comes down to. So the more people that leave reviews, the more people that leave stars, they go, oh, People are liking this, so more people should know about it. So that's how it affects the algorithm. Makes sense. Um, you Yeah, so we're also on TikTok, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, and Twitter. With Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, we got that private Facebook group. So if you go to our Facebook page, you go to Hollywood Raw, there is a private Facebook group in there that you can sign up for. It's called Off the Record. Um, that's where we will be jumping in. We're kind of discussing directly with fans. These are where the, the true fans hang out. We give you some real dirt that we legally probably can't say on air. Uh, but yeah, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Mine is Adam Glenn. Follow me on all social media platforms. Dax Holt, D-A-X-H-O-L-T. He's my bud. And uh, we're the Hollywood Raw Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching the Hollywood Raw. Make sure you hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. That way we can be friends for life. <laughs>